KRCL, Salt Lake City. You're listening to a Voices Amplified edition of Radio Actoring, featuring rising journalists of Salt Lake Community College in partnership with Amplify Utah and and KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm your host tonight, Rory Weber, and we're going to be talking about maternal health with the YWCA. We're going to be also talking about mental health from Mental Healthy Fit with Brian Higgins, and we're going to be talking to a student panelist about seasonal mental health. If you like any of our songs tonight, check out the Spotify playlist that will be in the show notes at krcl.org. To kick it off, we're going to be talking about mental health. We're going to be listening to Sullen Girl by Fiona Apple. KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like the NAACP, working to ensure a society in which all individuals have equal rights. To learn more, visit naacpogden.org or naacp-saltlakebranch.org. Support for Radioactive comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Love Promise Community Commitment, a partnership with nonprofit organizations that aim to make the world a better place. More information about the Love Promise and Subaru products at markmillersubaru.com. That was Sullen Girl by Fiona Apple on, on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm your host, Rory Weber, and we're going to be talking to Gabe Archuleta, Director of Public Policy of YWCA, and Myra Sanchez-Gomez from Comunidad Materna in Utah. Thanks for joining us tonight. How are you all doing? Good. Thank you for the invitation. This is Maida. (laughs) Hi, this is Gabe. I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So on um, February 3rd, Governor Cox um, declared February Maternal Mental Health Month. That must have been really rewarding for your guys' organizations. How did that make you feel? I was really grateful that the governor declared February's Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month because it's something that is affecting so many people in Utah. And just to have the acknowledgement from his office that this is happening was, um, I was just really grateful for it. It helps us push the conversation forward. Yeah, I I feel, you know, grateful that we can uh, have this space and to have conversations, right, about what is going on with our moms in our communities. Is, um, do you know any stats on, like, maternity, like, pregnancy, uh, pregnancy, sorry, um, depression during pregnancy or after pregnancy? Yes, so we were able to get from the, par- the Department of Health and Human Services some unpublished data, but they've allowed us to use it and it ended up in Governor Cox's declaration. And that is that uh, folks um, have experienced maternal mental depression and anxiety at a really high rate in Utah. We have over half of women and birthing people in Utah experiencing maternal mental health issues. So it's pretty widespread and 
it's even worse for people of color. So we know that it's, um, well, it's hard for everybody. We see higher rates of that in communities of color. Thank you, Gabe. That was really nice um, for to have that knowledge of how high it is. I knew none of this before I started researching for today's show, and I had no idea that this was even a thing or how high it was. And it's crazy that we don't talk about it since it's so high. Um, Was it surprising for you that Cox did the, um, like, that made this the Awareness Month? Or were, have you been working with him It wasn't surprising to me because he has made the declaration the last few years and the previous governor also has declared uh, a month for recognizing maternal mental health awareness, but we're not guaranteed to get that every year. We have to ask every year. Uh, At our press conference two years ago, First Lady Abby Cox spoke because she herself experienced postpartum depression with one of their children. So it's something that is very near to them. That's awesome. Um, What services do both of your um, organizations have that help with um, mental health with pregnant women and postpartum and while they're pregnant? Yeah. Well, um, Comunidad Materna in Utah is a nonprofit organization that started in 2017 and with a mission and vision to improve the maternal outcomes, uh, improving birth outcomes, and provide resources for uh, the families. We have uh, prenatal classes. Um, to start talking about all these topics, changes, <laughs> what to expect during postpartum, uh, breastfeeding, all those things. Um, and we have support groups. We have a breastfeeding support group, but uh, an emotional support group. That is an, a space where we can talk about these issues. We can talk about, uh, you know, st- some life skills to improve our mental health. So Carolina Barra, she's the one, uh, she's the person who facilitates this group, and and she has experience uh, or working on with moms. So um, besides that, we create a play group. <laughs> so everything has been, you know, creating according to the need. And we noticed that these moms that we support, you know, in the beginning, a couple years ago, now the babies are growing up. But this motherhood can be sometimes isolated, right? Because they are, um, they have, or we have as a mom different <laughs> um, chores and tasks to, to do during the days. But uh, finding a time for us to share with other women uh, to have the time, you know, for us to express our needs or learn something for us uh, improves our, our feelings about feeling isolated or alone on this work. So sharing between mothers has been helping to this group of moms to feel more, oh, this is my space. This is a, a place where I can share, not just only me, I can stay with my baby. So yeah, th- those are the things that we are working on. That's awesome. And does the YWCA have anything? Well, our my connection to maternal mental health is through largely policy work. Mm-hmm. So I am the co-chair of the Maternal Mental Health Policy Committee. And 
at the YWCA where we are the largest and oldest domestic violence shelter in Utah. This is certainly something that we see with the people that we're serving who are also experiencing intimate partner violence. And we provide our services through um, wraparound trauma-informed care. And this last year, we were able to hire a health and wellness coordinator. And so we do have somebody in shelter who is able to help people um, just identify any health or mental health needs they may have, connect them to resources, applying for Medicaid or any other services that they can provide. So as far as direct maternal mental health services, that's where it would be. But what I do is on the policy level, looking at different policies, supporting bills that are going to help improve maternal mental health outcomes, and then working with a really large collaboration and coalition of folks on our policy committee, thinking of different areas that we can improve in Utah and coming together and understanding it from various perspectives because what we're talking about maternal mental health, there are so many people who are interested in this and so many people that are doing the work in the community. And how can women reach out for help that are struggling? There are several ways that folks can reach out to help who are struggling. And one of the ways is we have a state... um, Well, first of all, I'll give the federal number, which I need to look up there. The White House launched a maternal mental health line where people can text or they can write that in um, in Spanish or English. And it's available 24 seven. So that's just something that's come out within the last year. And then locally, We have a maternal mental health referral website, and that is something that had happened. Well, I see uh, Laura brought up the number, so I'll share the number. So the National Maternal Mental Health Hotline is 1-833-943-5746, and it's 24-7. It's completely confidential. It's in Spanish and English, and you can text. Sometimes I think that's a little bit more accessible to folks and then we also have the um, Utah maternal mental health uh, referral network and that is um, can pull it up right now that is it's a little bit long it's maternal mental health dot utah dot gov do you want me to spell all of that out Okay. (laughs) That is really great because it's identifying providers who have gone through a training provided by the Department of Health and Human Services to to screen people for postpartum depression and anxiety. And so, you know, the 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 providers that you find in that directory across the state of Utah have gone through a training and you can search um, by county. You can search by insurance type, by provider type or by specialty. That's amazing. Um, do you guys have anything else to say or are we all? Like, do you, like, anything that, like, how can the listeners help? How, your organizations? Um, Well, uh, uh, Comunidad Materna en Utah uh, has been creating to work with the Hispanic community. And by my experience, you know, going through several pregnancies, several pregnancies. I have nine kids only. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The range of age (laughs) is 24 to 6 years old. 
And sometimes um, I felt like uh, without, mm, how can I say this? I, I didn't understand what was happening with me, especially with the, between the third and fourth child, feeling that sadness, feeling like uh, alone. And it doesn't have a name in that moment for me. And nobody tell me around me that maybe it's some kind of depression because it was for over two weeks. And and uh, later, I when we started with this concept in 2017 with the mission to provide resources and talk more about motherhood and getting ready for uh, having the baby, learn this, you know, these topics, I start noticing more information about the maternal mental health. And I was like, oh, maybe I had depression. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody, you know, never told me anything. And and that's when I start like realizing how much important it is to have this information. Uh, like open, you know, more ways to mm-hmm provide uh, resources to do awareness. As you say, well, there is some topics that we don't talk too often, mm-hmm. especially we because, well, in my ideal world was like, we need to be the perfect mom, right? You don't complain about it. <laughs> so and it wasn't for me, like, right to feel like that because, you know, having su- suicidal thoughts, it was like, why I wanna die? So later on, you know, over the years, I improve uh, my emotions, but I start like, okay, how we can provide more information for moms, and we create Comunidad Materna. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, um, Gabe and um, Mara. Um, what um, are your guys's um, websites and social medias? Yeah, Comunidad Materna, you can find us on the website www.cmutah.org. We are on Facebook too, Comunidad Materna in Utah, and we are on Instagram too, C Materna in Utah. Yeah, and uh, on social, you can find YWCA Utah at YWCA UTAH, and I am also on Twitter at underscore. Gabe, that's G-A-B-E underscore Archuleta. And uh, I just wanted to point out, you know, where Maida and I are both Latinas here. I also didn't realize that I was going through postpartum depression and anxiety until I got into this work. Um, I kind of inherited this maternal mental health work. I didn't plan to do this type of policy work. I thought I was doing domestic violence and racial and gender equity. And I learned that that is something that I almost, that I experienced for a year and a half as well. And I just want to highlight that uh, for Latina Hispanic women in Utah, that we have the highest percent of maternal deaths among all racial and ethnic minorities. And we comprise um, 12.3% of maternal deaths. That was from 2015 to 2019. So this is a very serious issue. And I just want to highlight just a moment of hope. Um, so we, for me, policy work is hope. You know, we can do something to change that. And uh, right now there are several bills in the legislature that are considering maternal mental health that are trying to p- expand postpartum, um, medi- postpartum Medicaid from 60 days right now. Medicaid currently cuts up postpartum 
coverage at 60 days, 60 days after birth. I mean, I had to go back to work around that time, but I was barely functioning. And so to have to navigate trying to find a provider and care for your baby and care for your baby's needs, it's just um, really, it can be a nightmare. And so we have an opportunity to expand it to 12 months. And right now the bill that's moving forward is Senator Harper's SB 133. And it is headed to the house floor it's already passed in the senate it passed in committee yesterday morning and or this morning it's all mixing together but (laughs) i i i'm i'm optimistic that that will pass there are some doula bills out there to help people and i just want to highlight something that maida and i've been working on together so maida this last summer reached out to her representative representative matthews to seek a funding request for comunidad materna in utah because they're helping a lot of people and they have a vision to help even more particularly rural communities where we have seven counties that have maternal care deserts that means there's no bgyns there's no providers for people living in seven areas in our state and so they went to delta utah and found a lot of pregnant women 12 (laughs) within the next six months and they have a vision to have a mobile maternal unit that they can take around the state that's amazing and so representative matthew said she wanted to run a funding request so they presented it during the legislative session to social services appropriations committee where anybody can come and make a funding request and um, you have to make a list and it made three cuts so far and that list is now on to executive appropriations committee it's at the lower end of the list but there's still hope for it and as a matter of fact tomorrow we are going to present to the rural caucus at 7 a.m. up at the legislature and we're really just trying to raise awareness and the amazing things that Comunidad Materna in Utah is doing for Latinas and their families. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and giving us all that information. We're going to kick it off to the song Talking About a Revolution by Chasey Chapman. Don't you know Hey music nerds, come out and test your knowledge at KRCL's first ever Women Who Rock Trivia Night celebrating International Women's Day on Wednesday, March 8th at Mountain West Hard Cider, 425 North, 400 West. Doors open at 6.30, trivia starts at 7 with tickets at the door to benefit KRCL. Hang out with other KRCL fans. Win some great prizes, including women who rock gear, Egyptian theater gift cards, fanny packs from Planned Parenthood, and more. It's Women Who Rock Trivia Night, Wednesday, March 8th, International Women's Day. Details at krcl.org. This is Radioactive, a Voices Amplified edition. That was Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman. I'm your host, Roy Weber, and we're going to dive into mental health with, men- with m- Mental Healthy Fit with Brian Higgins. How are you doing? Hi, I'm wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing great. Oh, great. Um, my first question is, what does the FIT for FIT stand for? Uh, it stands for Films, Ideas, and Tips. Mm-hmm. So we are a ideas and advocacy organization. Um, we're non-clinical, we're non-diagnostic, but we're just helping people tell their stories through uh, creativity. And, you know, we looked at films, ideas, and tips to, to try to help people stay uh, mentally fit, you know? So um, that is 
answer That's to your awesome. question. Um, can you give me a little bit of a rundown on what um, you do specifically? Yeah. Um, as I say, you know, we're an ideas advocacy organization that we, we work with marginalized youth. And we say youth of all ages because we're all young at heart. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but we work with youth of all ages uh, across, across Utah, you know, again, helping people to express themselves through creativity. Because the the issues that we're facing is not not necessarily a, a city or a state, but or or a country or the world. You know, is you know mental health is is a growing crisis, and so many people want to help, but they don't know how to because they can't connect, they can't resonate with the issues that that others are facing. So what we try to do is we try to communicate emotionally. And, um, you know, because as I say, like not everyone has experienced homelessness, not everyone has experienced addiction or or depression or suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. But when we break those stories down into an emotional concept and we look at how do those things make us feel, you know, either uh, angry, sad, um, painful, everyone has experienced those emotions through other elements of their lives. And when we can tell our stories from a visceral construct, and get people to feel that, you know, that's when we can we can drive home the message and mm-hmm. and and explain, you know, maybe maybe people will have a, a a better understanding of what what it is to be homeless or what it is to 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 be bipolar or, or have an eating disorder, and and hopefully then you know once we have that hook, that helps to build a community mm-hmm. uh, around everybody that's that's having difficulties. That's amazing. Um, your videos on your website are really well done, and I really like them. Can you talk more about them and why you chose video to express? Yeah, um, you know, filmmaking, there's so many elements within filmmaking. You know, there, there's writing, there's there's art, there's there's performing, there's lighting, there's there's framing, there's cinematography. You know, there's so many elements, and it really is a team sport, you know? Yes, you can get your phone and you can go and make a great film by yourself, uh, which is f- fantastic. Uh, but also the the opportunity to get together uh, and work with 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 others. So there's so many nuances within that because, you know, and I'll maybe mess this up, but like filmmaking is um, preparing to fail. You know, you you put everything into place so that you're fully prepared until the first day of shooting and then everything goes wrong and then you have to try to fix it. So that's the same element within mental health, you know? So there's there's troubleshooting, there's, um, you know, hurdles to get over. There's all these elements that, that we have to work together to, to, to a common goal of, of mm-hmm. creating something beautiful. And, and as I mentioned before, like film can make you feel, you know, everybody loves to, 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 to watch a romantic comedy, you know, and, and cry and then get excited when uh, I'm going to I'm going to age myself here. But when Crocodile Dundee climbs over the top of everybody <laughs> in the subway, <laughs> you know, and you and you're so excited for good old Mick Dundee, um, you know, and, and, and you can connect with what we're seeing on the screen. And there's very few other things that we all come together as a community to experience, you know, a, a, a singular entity. So that's why we, we chose film, uh, because, you know, it, it just helps people and, and, and things like that. And we can and we can use those films to then create the education, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and create the, 
the captive audience, so to speak, that are all in the cinema, and then we can we can give them the, the good word about mental health and 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 how to get help and how to access the the great resources that are around Salt Lake City. Um, I'm a filmmaker, so I just loved everything you just said. Um, but is there a certain film that you made that really touched your heart or anything like that? Yeah, there's 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 many. You know, we we do. Uh, a lot of different versions. We do straightforward documentaries, straightforward talking heads, all the way to abstract, you know, creativity. So it's really a sweet spot for me in between because I love, I love starting off with a talking head documentary to get to know the subject, and then try to weave that into, um, you know, a visceral abstract communication. Um, so there's a lot of different ones. We we just finished a. Uh, a homeless action plan in Salt Lake City called the beginning, middle, and end of homelessness, and that's really from the 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 element of using education. You know, educating the youth so that homelessness hopefully never even raises its head for them. Um, that uh, that's a great one. That's that's on there. But you know, I, I just love I, I love working with puppets. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a lot of uh, puppet shows and things like that. So, um, do you have any events coming up? Yes, um, it's coming up to um, May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. We have a, a new festival called See It This Way, and it's uh, ideas. It's a film and ideas festival, you know, where we're just helping people, you know, tell their stories uh, through filmmaking, through performance, through panels, and we're focusing on mental health, disability, and recovery. And that's going to be uh, starting in May on May third, May seventeenth, and May thirty first. So we're really bridging the entire mm-hmm. month. You know, because what we found before when we've done singular events on uh, for, for Mental health, uh, health Awareness Month, you know, it's great because people connect and communicate on that day, but then they forget about it for the rest of the month. Uh, and it's the same as any advocacy month. You know, it's better to, to have those conversations throughout the entire month. So as I say, the 3rd, 17th, and 31st. And part of that, we're going to have this really cool uh, mental health escape room uh, where you come in and you have to try to, you know, the, the point is you're experiencing symptoms and how do you find an appointment? You know, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you get a, a care routine that, that works for you? Uh, and that's going to be matched with a digital app where you can gain loyalty points for self-care and stuff like that. So, so that's coming up soon. And you can find out all the details at seeitthisway.org. That's awesome. I love the, ment- the escape room idea. I think that that's really like a great visual for what people go through. Yeah. Um, what um, else would you like to add? Uh, we've just launched a free poster campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seven different posters that are beautifully designed, uh, if I don't say so myself, mm-hmm. if I do say so myself. And those are available uh, for, for any schools, any community center, anybody that wants to stick them up in their, in their, in their office, uh, in their recording studios. Um, and I do have that. It's it, and and of course because radio is obviously a visual medium. I do have them, and I'm showing them off. <laughs> but here are here they are here. Uh, but again, you know they're creative. They're eye catching. They're going to pull people in, and the whole goal is to, to 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 pull people in and see that it is okay to to ask for help. And hopefully the posters will will help you keep moving forward and 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 get the help that you need. Um. The posters are amazing. I yep. love them. And if you want uh, a copy of them, you know, you just go on to um, uh, mentalhealthyfit.org and go to the materials section and you can you can order your your posters. 
They're, the posters are very cool. I, they kind of look like stuff that you would find in a comic book, I would say. Like, I would hang these all up in my wall. I have, like, I'm very, like, comic book art is yeah. my favorite, and it looks very much like that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're, they're simple communication stuff, and they've all, they were all inspired by uh, people that have come through our, our programs. So my particular favorite one is the it's it's got a, a donut on it and uh, the the tagline is do not stigmatize <laughs> do not stigma do not stigmatize mental health. I um, love that. So I'm hoping to to have some healthy donuts <laughs> at the festivals and things like that. And um, you know, as I say, you can go on the website. Maybe maybe we'll get them up on the social media page at, at, um, on on Radioactive. Um, but again, it's just it's just a creative way to to pull people's attention in and and help them with with uh, resource direction. Um, and where can the listeners find um, healthy mental healthy fit and everything like that? Yeah, it's uh, mentalhealthyfit.org is the website. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and talking with us. Um, and next, we're going to do a panel of students talking about seasonal depression. Um, and this is You Don't Owe Me by Leslie Gore on KRCL 90.9 FM. Um, that was Don't Tell Me What to Do by Lisa Gore. Now we're going to go into a panel of students and talking about seasonal affective disorder. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Thank so you so good. much for having us. Good. Good. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, my name is Brayden Timmerman. I'm an English student here at Salt Lake Community College. My name's Anna Gardner. I'm a communications student at Slick. And I'm Nicole Spearman, and I'm a journalism major also at Slick. And I'm Teresa Chakowsky. I am a journalism student at Slick too. Wonderful. I'm so Slick. excited to talk to you guys. Um, a season affected disorder um, changes comes when the winter changes and the days are shorter and it, it's darker. Um, have you guys seen a difference between like how you feel and how you perform at school between like when it's fall and winter and when it's spring and summer? Totally, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like. I feel like as soon as the weather starts getting cold, I'm like, no, mm. it's coming. Yeah. I also feel like there's a major difference for me between like fall semester when it's like going from like the nice weather mm. and then like spring semester when it's sad outside mm. and cold and do w worse with school. I feel like <laughs> I'm not as motivated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when it's fall semester, you start out happy when it's sunny outside and then it starts to get winter but you have christmas break coming around so now it's just dark and gloomy and you're just pushing through till summer oh yeah yeah i think with the winter months and the darker days the the spring semester is always more difficult for me at least mm -hmm. absolutely definitely um how do you guys counteract how you feel like how what are the steps that you put in place for when you start to feel your mood going lower well, I mean, y'all know me. I love reading. <laughs> I especially love reading in the sun. So it's really hard not being able to go outside and spend as much time. Um, but I try to counteract that by spending more time with friends, trying to mm -hmm. find new coffee shops, different places to hang out where I can still get that social interaction um, and maybe even some alone time. I like that a lot. I feel like 
for me, what I've, like, just been doing this week is um, taking my vitamins, like, my, like vitamin D. I feel like that's, like, helped my mood and um, giving me more, like, energy and motivation to, like, do things. And even, like, today, I went on, like, even though it was cold outside, the sun was out, I, like, went on a walk. And it yes. was, like, I don't know, I feel like it helped my mood a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think getting outside and getting exercise is always important, even if you have to put on 10 layers just to go outside. <laughs> it's still important, especially on those couple of days in February when the, it is the sun is shining through and it gives you a little bit of hope. Just get outside and take a five minute walk around the block. It always improves my mental health. Definitely. Yes, I try to do it in the middle of the day when it's the warmest, at least, mm-hmm. um, just to get some fresh air. And it was nice when the inversion lifted so we could get outside and at least breathe fresh yeah. air. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so nice. For me, I love going outside. And mm-hmm. I also love, I have this light that, like, I bought that you, like, turn on. And it's this, like, huge light. And you're supposed to sit by it for, like, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's like a lizard lamp for yeah, people. Yeah, it's like a I lizard lamp for I people. I love that. I and that. I love, like, sitting by it. But I also... Um, For me, it really is, I have a seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. And for me, what's really, really important is like not falling asleep at like six. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause like when it gets dark, my brain is like time for bed. The sun sets and my head hits that pillow and it's over. Uh Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, same. Like just, it's time for bed. It's six (laughs) and it's dark outside. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to like, as the days get shorter, I mean, they're getting longer now, slay. Um, but when they get shorter, like, it's so hard to stay motivated to do homework because, I, I don't know, you go to class in the morning or some people, even when they go in the afternoon, sun's out, you're like, okay, I can do this. I'll make it through. And then the sun sets and I'm like, well, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know who I was 20 minutes ago when I said I was going to get this done, but that's not me. Yep. I'm the exact same. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like studying. Like, I get home from school and I'm like, <laughs> that was a long day. And then it's like, then it like, it just it it looks like a like a like a light switch yeah mm-hmm. in utah yeah. like just flips it on and then i'm like i am a different person yeah mm-hmm. yeah like i'm just like well like i'm sluggish yeah mm-hmm. yep. i yes. i turn into a caveman is what I my dad that. says I, <laughs> <laughs> he's like i feel I like for that. me too it's like the same with like i have some early classes where i have to like and i live 30 minutes oh. away from campus Ooh. so that's a drive yeah and um like getting up at like seven six and it's dark outside makes it so hard for me to get out of bed mm-hmm. and then i have even less motivation to like go to school oh, and like yeah. do my work well, you wake <laughs> up and it's cold and you're warming yeah. your blankets yeah. yeah do you guys have anything else that you would like to say and speak to about a seasonal affective disorder yeah i mean I feel like seasonal affective disorder, I'm glad that there's more research being put forth to understand the needs of students and student lives and how we operate and what we do and what hinders and affects our performance um, outside of the classroom even. I mean, arguably, like I feel like for seasonal, seasonal defective disorder and just the wintertime in general, it's it's tough to motivate yourself to do a lot of different things. Sometimes that's doing homework. Sometimes that's brushing your teeth, taking a shower, making a meal. like. It's really difficult, I find, at least as a student, to sometimes balance my life, you know, and mm-hmm. find that that semblance of the self and trying to protect myself and whoever that is and whatever that person needs mm-hmm. while I'm also trying to protect this, like, academic self, you know what I mean, in my grades. Yeah, I think it's really important also to remember that your mental health comes first. And if you need that day to take a day and just 
be like you said mm-hmm. to yourself understand what you need i think taking that space away from your day-to-day life and detaching putting your phone away detaching from social media it's all mm-hmm. really important mm-hmm. in becoming close with your mind and knowing what you need mm-hmm. absolutely how about you nicole um yeah i was going to say that i mean i'm not like diagnosed with like any type of disorder like anything mentally but i definitely have those like hard days where i'm just like sadder i don't feel like great about myself i've been mm-hmm. talking about that a lot recently yeah. um and it's it, i don't know it's hard to like, i don't know not i've i don't know i've just never had like that kind of like thoughts before and mm-hmm. i feel like um it's hard to get out of that like mind space yeah. like my, like headspace yeah absolutely how about you yeah. Teresa? Yeah, it is hard sometimes when you're trying to get up and it's dark uh, in the morning and stuff. It makes it more difficult to want to get up in the morning, that's for sure. Definitely. definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it is really, really difficult. Um, But, I mean, we're all here, so cheers to us. It's a sleigh for the group. It's a sleigh that none of us, that all of us are, like, working together and helping each other and talking on the radio about our mental health. Students support students. It's one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, Yeah, no, it really is. Seriously, all winter, I haven't felt motivated until, like, yesterday. I'm not mm-hmm. even kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was sunny, and mm-hmm. it was bright the other day, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We're now going to kick it to coming going home by the Aces, and after that, we're going to do Sports with Sean. Slay. Say so, don't go, I know you won't. You push, I pull you in so close, I know. That's the Provo band, the Aces, and that was their song, Going Home. Now we're going to do Sports with Sean. Sean, what do you have for us? Thank you, Rory. I, I am Sean Stetson. This is Sports with Sean, where we talk about sports in the community. And unless you've been living under a rock, uh, the NBA All-Star is in town, and there is so much good that's going on right now. And thanks to our executive producer, Laura Jones, I was able to actually attend Media Day yesterday at the Vivint Arena. Which was, <laughs> it was an experience. It was so hard to be there as a journalist because I was trying not to cry as a fan. I was, <laughs> I was literally on the court, not taking any videos, not doing anything, just like taking it all in. And then I'm getting to look at my B-roll today and I'm just like, I wish I shot more. So it was definitely a learning experience for yeah. sure. But I, I'm just so excited. There's so much that's happening starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm that it's going to be hard to even go through right now. But there, there's places, the Gateway, there's a Galvin Plaza, Trolley Square, Salt Palace. I mean, the list goes on. And we'll put it in the show notes, a link to everything that's going on later. But one of the things that I thought was very interesting, there's going to be entertainment on the tracks, which is very interesting. Apparently, the Downtown Alliance, Salt Lake City, and the UTA signed 50 singers and musicians and magicians to perform. So if you actually catch any of this... Can you just like take a video and tag me on yeah, anything? It's just, same. do you like entertainment on the tracks? I can't believe, I don't think I've ever experienced anybody I'm f- singing. I'm a frequent tracks user and usually everyone is just on their phones, like listening to their own music. This is going to be the most interesting thing I've ever seen. And of course, you know, tracks is going to be free from the 12th to the 21st. So that's a, that's a big plus for the All-Star Weekend. Another event going down at the uh, Olympic park at the gateway there is a snowboard competition 
It's called the Grit Rail Jam. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. And apparently Travis Scott is going to be, you know, attending on Saturday. So the times for that is going to be Friday from 2 to 5. And then on Saturday, it will be from 3 to 6. So I'm pretty excited to see everything. I mean, you got the all-star, you know, Saturday night with his the skills competition, the three-point shootout, and the slam dunk. What are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Um, I think I'm just looking forward to sports like big sports happening in Utah. Yeah. I feel like we don't have a lot of that. Like we have like the jazz, but like I'm not a big jazz fan. You're not a jazz fan. I'm not a I'm going to get murdered. Um that <laughs> I'm not is, I a mean, huge jazz fan. I'm not a jazz fan myself, but that's because I'm from a better state. Just kidding, we're not going to go there. I'm but fr- there I'm is also from a better state. That, okay, so. we'll go with that. Um but there is also something that is very interesting in Utah. Uh it actually happened on the Super Bowl. There was a 30-second commercial for a Utah football girls soccer, uh, not soccer, football, the actual football here in America. Um, so it was by Brent Gordon, who's actually the founder of the Utah Girls Tackle Football League. And it started back in 2015. And there was a girl named Sam Gordon who went viral when she was nine years old on YouTube for her football skills. Wow. And it was a 30-second commercial that only aired in Utah, but you know she ended it with, you know, the future of football is football hold on the future (laughs) of football is girls football so it's definitely interesting to see how that's going to go forward uh with you know tackle football girls league i'm excited to see how that goes if there's a tackle football girls league i will watch every single day i'll be the biggest supporter i love women in sports yeah definitely i mean i'm just excited to have more sports in utah so i mean anything that gets more sports Hopefully more professional sports. I mean, that's my jam. So what is your favorite sport? Let's just start with that. Hockey. Hockey. That is a sport I'm, I love. And we're going to talk some Grizzlies this semester. I'm I am excited. So excited. So stay I'm a tuned huge for that. Grizzlies fan because um, I came here really young. And my hockey team before that was the Kings. The Kings. That's because that's where I'm from. And um, But I love the Grizzlies. And I... I haven't seen them this year, and I'm really sad. Have you? No, I haven't. I, I'm more of a professional, like I said, and mm. I think that's going to be the, the continuing narrative. I want professional sports here, and you guys already have a – I believe they're the Anaheim Ducks, like Farm Club, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, so I'm just happy there's some affiliation to a professional team here in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm just excited for sports. Just <laughs> Basically, sports. yeah. But, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. So – as always, <laughs> stay but, close. You might learn something. So, talking sports, Rihanna's pregnant. She revealed it at the Super Bowl, and it was really exciting. She, I feel like she was just pregnant, though. That's This is our pop culture bit. I didn't announce that. We just started talking. I, just I mean, there's, there's, about a, there's a connection with sports there. So, I mean, yeah, I was watching that, and I was uh, trying to not say she looks pregnant because that just is a toxic thing to say about a woman's appearance. So I just enjoyed the halftime show, uh, but then it did come out that she was pregnant afterwards, so I, I just kept my mouth shut. Anyways, with sports, I mean, sports are fun, but we're going to bring in Nicole cool. Spearman and just, you know, what what did you think about Rihanna's performance at the halftime show? Um, okay, I know a lot of people were, like, saying it wasn't that good. I mean, I, there were definitely a few songs that I wish would have been played, um, but, you know... I think all in all with, I think all in all with the whole, 
the dancers and everything. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. But I do wish there was actually more songs. What songs do you wish he played? Oh, I think Shut Up and Drive was one of my okay. favorites. Uh, yeah. There are a couple more, but I can't SOS. remember. SOS. Yes. Honda Replay. I was shocked about this. I remember watching it with my family and just remembering like how many good songs she has. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. She's a hit like machine. I know. It's crazy when she keeps like all these different songs it's like yep that's that's a banger that's a banger you know it's just Mm -hmm. every single one i do wish there was a surprise appearance but see i don't i don't really (laughs) care for the surprise appearance i just wish i felt like some songs she could have like done faster like i feel like she went back just to like umbrella where she could like switch it to like SOS or something, but other some than people that, made I the joke awesome. that like the surprise appearance was her baby. That's exactly no, what it was. No, the surprise appearance was the Fenty makeup. Oh yeah, that's right, the Fenty. We're gonna have to get some of that for my fiance later. Um, KRCL listeners, this is the end of Radioactive. A huge thanks to our guests, especially our team who's made all of this possible, Anna Gardner. Um, who was our lead producer, associate producer Brendan Timmerman, Booker Nicole Spearman, digital producer Therese Chakowsky, and our advisor Mer- um, um, Marcy Youngcancio. And a huge, like, ginormous thanks to Laura, to Laura Jones. Thank you so much. And this is Pump Up the Jams. KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org. Get that clunker off your to-do list and out of your backyard forever. KRCL's car donation partner, Cars, Inc., will tow your vehicle and donate the proceeds to KRCL. Find out if you can get a tax deduction for your used vehicle donation by visiting the support tab at krcl.org.